¡Ándale! ¡Sí, señor! Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP Podcast. I'm Jorge Georgi Martín and here are my primos, Ricky Torres, Hector Reyes. What's up, guys? Yo. Uh, gracias, everybody, for joining us. Uh, como siempre, es un placer. We're so happy you guys are joining us. Uh, make sure to check out our website, all the f content that we got coming out at familiaffb.com, as well as our social media channels, uh, familiaffb on Twitter and Instagram, as well as our Facebook page. Well, you know, guys, I, I don't know what brought this on. I had a, like a little flashback to childhood uh, and drinking chocomil. Oh Chocolate. man, <laughs> it's it, it just. <laughs> that, there's a there's a name I haven't heard in gosh, wow. <laughs> it, it was just chocomil, and it was just like it was different than any anything like the 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 milk that you got at school. It was like uh, you know, it, it just it had that little extra texture. You know, it just that little bit difference. Like, it was just, like, sand, like a little sandy, a little gritty yep. almost. Almost you could chew it, right? Almost yeah. like chewy, exactly. Oh my God! Wow. Yes, yeah. That it, was, it, was, it, was, it like it wouldn't dissolve, like it all, like it wouldn't yep. dissolve all the way. It was, and it was like like almost like a sandpapery kind of. But the, and the flavor was just, it was just different. It was just like you you had your Nestle Quick, which is like a kind of a milkshakey, kind of a nice, easy yep. milk chocolatey flavor. But then choco meat was like was like a rough, like a rough, rugged chocolate, which was like a just. Just a more like a punch in the face of chocolate, like a raw chocolate. Just just different, but just really good in its own way. And I it didn't have like a logo, like a little dude on the on the can the can yep. like metal <laughs> metal round metal can or something. Yep. And he, he's like he had like a muscle out there. I actually found yes. that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on Twitter when we post this episode. It's just yeah. uh, it's it it's so it was so awesome. But yeah, and that, that was the difference. It was like you know, for chocolate milk you had chocomil, even though you kinda like the, the Nestle quick, but then you had strawberry quick, which was you know, that, that was, was yes, I can taste it right now. There that was it was pink and you know, it was just like different, and I don't even know if they make it anymore. I don't. I don't think I've ever even seen Strawberry Quick at the markets anymore. But I just remember it had a really good, like really tasty. It was that that was. I remember that was just being that was a treat when you're a kid. Yeah, you, that, that Strawberry Quick was nice, but I, I don't I think love they make it. Strawberry Quick. No, no, they definitely make it. I seen that the yeah. powder, the powder yeah. and the syrup because they do both. All right. What about Ovaltine? You guys remember Ovaltine? That was from, oh. uh, that was from, uh, that was all, that was from way, I, that one I haven't seen. That was, you know, Christmas story. <laughs> remember to drink your Ovaltine. Oh, <laughs> Hey, if That's any of you guys want to spot any, any Ovaltine, strawberry quick, and uh, there you go. Me, hey, if you guys want to sponsor us, you, you, go. you know where to find me. And then <laughs> the most legit of all was like that little, the, the disc. And you know what I'm talking about? Oh. The disc wrapped in paper. <laughs> and you unwrap it, and it's got like it looked like the Trivial Pursuit little little circle thingy with the wedges. Uh -huh. It had like, and it was like, and it was like hard as a rock. And when you're a kid, you're just like, what? Like what the heck is this? And you, you know, Saturday mornings, every once in a while, my mom would like there she'd be, and then she'd have that little the wooden. It was like some kind of hammer, like some kind of like yes. thing with like, and it had like like grooves in it, and you would she would spin it between her hands. And it would spin, and it would mix up. She would throw that in milk, and it would melt somehow. Because it was, like I said, it was like a brick, a rock. And she would throw one of these little discs in there with milk and boil it. And next thing you know, we would we'd go to the – my dad would come back from the panaderia with virotes, and we would rip them in half and dip them in that abuelita's hot chocolate. And that was sublime. That was a beautiful thing. <laughs> 
You guys are making me hungry. <laughs> that was worth it. That was always worth the little, you know, you would always get that. You you had to taste it when it was hot and hot. still burning yes. your tongue. Like but it was worth it. Yep, it. Right out the pot, man. Still worth it. Oh, there was a few things better on a hot day, on a cold day. Yeah. A few things better. Yeah, oh. man. Dipping your bread you, in You guys there, don't have any of that stuff to this day? Gosh, I, man, I, might, I might have to. It's been a while. Introduce it to your kids. I'm gonna. No. You know what? My I think my mom has made it for my girls. I think I think my mom still has it from time to time, and she she does. There there are certain things that that my girls just have at my mom's house, even if we offer to make it here. But uh, I I do know that there's chocolate milk that they've had, and uh, and sopita. So that's the other sopita, thing. Sopita. So. That's a, if you got kids. Every I think every Mexican grandmother makes sopita for all their grandkids, and you 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 know you know what I'm talking about. It's like fideo soup kind of like yep. for kids. Yep. It's got the tomato, and it's got like you know it's like the little thin like angel hair. It's yeah, fantastic. That's a beautiful Perfection. thing. You're dipping yeah, you're dipping corn tortillas in there. <laughs> I tell you guys to to introduce your kids to all that because my parents didn't get I I don't have any strong memories of any of uh, the you know the chocolate milk or the Taco meal. Uh, but my local brewery does put Mexican chocolate in their beer, hey. like a hazelnut brown chocolate. And that's what I'm drinking right now. Hey. And hearing your stories and just sipping on that, it's like, it's nice. It's creating a warm <laughs> feeling inside. It's, it's got to be the fuzzy. same one. It's got to yeah, be the same yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's like it's like Nestle. It's like Nestle Abuelitas. There's like a picture of a grandma, and it says like it's like I think it's called Abuelitas chocolate. I think that's what it's called when you buy it at the market. <laughs> yes. I think you're right. Yeah. I'm not sure how authentic that one is, but yeah. <laughs> I know there's like another brand, uh, but yeah, uh, I think there's two, I think there's two. There's one like legit, like old school. I, I forget what it's called. There's like one the difference called, between Tapatio and Tabasco. Yeah. Yes. Right, and, and Cholula, like one of the, one <laughs> yeah. of those. But it's uh yeah, there's one like I can't the one my mom used to get when we were kids, I can't it was not the Nestle one. It was like a legit like imported from Mexico, like you bought it at the Carniceria Mexican yeah, chocolate. Like yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, man, legit, super oh, legit. I'll have to have them tell me their ingredient. I'm sure they'll yeah. tell me. Yeah. God, I love it. Oh man. Okay. Well, much as I'd love to do that, it's time for some cheese man. Cheese man. All right. So uh, leading off, we got Bruce Arians making a declaration going into the training camp that Ronald Jones is the main guy in the Bucks backfield. Uh, you know. I think I think we kind of saw this coming when Keyshawn Vaughn went put on the COVID restricted list, but whoo, this is uh, this is definitely uh, making Trojan Nation happy. But is, is uh, this even important news? You think? Do you? I mean, Ronald Jones goes in like the twelfth round. I don't. This doesn't make me think he's going to get drafted any quicker. Do you guys think this means anything? I, I, I think what it means is is the impact just to the. You know, just to the Bucks offense overall. You know, what does this mean for Tom Brady? What does this mean for the passing game? If you are, you know, if 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 the running game is going to be suspect at best, you know, if if no one's going to have any kind of faith in the running game, if Ronald Jones turns out to be a bust, you know, does that mean that you know now the the defenses can can kind of just uh, gang up on the on these receivers? Now, I mean, which which they already are. I mean, obviously you have some of the best receivers in the game. We got Shady McCoy now. I mean, he's yeah. old, but I think he's still got some game in him. Mm, maybe he did get some game. He can get some <laughs> game. He's but again, I think I think this puts I think this puts a lot of pressure on Tom Brady because if if 
if they're not going to be running as much as he could, you know, with a better with a better running game, you know, I think that that definitely puts a little more more uh, pressure on him and definitely more pressure on the on the receivers. Well, the big thing is Tom Brady makes running can make running backs better. I mean, yeah. Remember Corey Dillon, Lamar, Lamar Blunt, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, oh, uh, LeGarrette, Sony Michelle had a good year. And so it's it's one of the, the running backs. And he's also got his guy who's going to be the passing down guy. So never it's never been be- a fan of his running backs, though. I have to disagree on that. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, I, OK, but uh, I think the fact that, you know, he he gives them something you, you got to have someone to actually take the pressure off the quarterback a little right. bit or the pressure right. just kind of open things up so that they don't pack the box on Ronald Jones. So with those receivers on the outside, I think there's an opportunity on, on running, on running downs for Jones to kind of take the, take the, the position and run with it. I don't know if he's going to be a 1200 yard guy. Uh, he might sniff a thousand yards. Um, if he keeps, if he keeps at least the, you know, if he gets 200 to 250 uh, uh, running at, rushing attempts, which is, which comes out to about, I don't know, uh, you know, 50, what is it, uh, about a dozen a game gets you, 10 a game gets you 160, a dozen gets you 100, 192. You're still so. talking about Ronald Jones. Still talking about Ronald Jones. <laughs> I I can bet you a thousand beers to one that he's not going to get a thousand yards this year. I don't know if I'm ready to take that bet though. I think, I think he might. I think he might be fantasy relevant on some weeks because they do have. They did beef up their yeah. offensive line, but uh, I don't know if he's going to be my every week flex starter. I'd I'd look at matchups uh, before I play him. Uh, Brady I don't know loves I, his options. He distributes the ball amazingly, yes. so I, I just don't think there's enough there for him. And they're going to want eventually have Keyshawn Vaughn be the you know the main guy there. He yep. could be. I mean, he could be the guy to keep an eye on in the second half of the season if if Ronald Jones does not take this job over. And uh, speaking of, you know, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about COVID earlier. Uh, Gardner Minshew activated from the COVID reserve list, and so did Kenny. Yay. So Yay. Uh, that that actually news came down yesterday after we recorded. So good news to have these guys back in back in camp, and hopefully it means that they didn't get it too badly. Uh, so Vic will be happy to hear that. He got yes, Galladay, yeah. He got Galladay back. There you go. That's a bit Galladay. I mean, Gardner Minshew's definitely a guy to keep an eye on for two QB leagues. But uh, Kenny Galladay, I mean, shoot, he's one of the top one of the top receivers. What's his uh, what's his ADP right now? He is, is low. Yeah, he is wide receiver. Uh, where is he? he See, I'm is, looking for him wide too. receiver eight. Is he like what round is he going? Like the fourth or is third. he going in the top of the uh, third? I still don't want him. He's uh, but you know, I think I think I think he's a guy that you you know if you go running back, running back, you're ha- I'd I'd be happy to get him as my first receiver in the third round. Yeah, for sure. If you go running back, no. running back, yeah. I would not want him. Not as my first. I just don't have the trust in him. But hey, that's me. I heck would say I've been burned. So, well, <laughs> no, we're that, gonna have. So yeah, that, that's it. That's that's the reason. You know, you have you have that uh, inside information. In my mouth. <laughs> I know who you'd exactly. like. To, I know I know who you'd rather have instead. Adam Thielen, who's wide receiver ten right now. There you go. Probably. Or maybe DJ Moore, who's at eleven. Yeah, but I think uh, the next guy you're gonna talk about is interesting because of what he just did. 
Marquise Brown, and we're going to talk about Ricky. You're going to talk about him a little more. Gained 23 pounds, uh, jumping up from 157 pounds as a rookie to 180. I mean, 157. He's a man now. He's a man yep. now. <laughs> That's right. You know, be ready. You be ready for Hollywood Brown. That one is. I was really high on him before, but man, now all of a sudden he. Now, now all of a sudden it's like you know the the man strength is coming in. Uh, that man weight, yeah. if he keeps the speed, you know, one of the things that, uh, before this, uh, probably about a, uh, about a month or so, a month, month and a half ago, Jeff Zrebeck, uh, from the athletic, uh, had an observation that, uh, I, I listened to an interview with him that he thought that Marquise Brown, when he would see him the first time, the first few times in uh training camp last year, that he looked like that high school kid who just like wandered onto the field. You know, and then somehow just like lit up the place and that he said he started to look more like man after workouts before they shut everything down earlier this year. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's I've been kind of banging the drum for Marquise Brown and he's a guy I'm definitely after this. I'm definitely looking at him. It's going to be a bidding war for him, I guess. It's going to be it it is going to be a bidding war. I didn't like him before because I thought he was small and scrawny. Now I see this. I'm like, all right, all right. If he could push off a defender, okay, we got this. We got I don't care if he loses a little bit of speed, tiny, tiny amount for the weight because those jump balls are going to be different now for him. And pushing off the defender is going to be a lot better. I think we're going to start seeing him kind of climb up the, uh, you know, his ADP. I think he's currently going at WR30. Uh, which, oh, yeah. is, which seems really, which seems about. really late for you know if you're looking at the Ravens' offense, which is you know pretty 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 awesome, <laughs> pretty pretty dynamic in in the NFL. Uh, you know, one of the top offenses. So if you're looking at this guy and you know he's 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 already been a speedster, he's he's bulked up. You know, there you know there's people saying great things about him. Uh, yeah, definitely, we'll see him. I think uh, creeping up that uh, that ADP. Well, we're going to talk about him a little bit more in a couple minutes because yep, yep. I think I think he's going to be a major weapon for the Ravens. Yeah, you know, uh, another guy who's another a major weapon uh, potentially is Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Considered himself 100% after sports hernia surgery, which is the same thing that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had. So, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's, uh, you know, I guess it's going around. I mean, when you're a receiver, you can get, you can get these kind of injuries, but apparently he got hurt in week two and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's healthy when he had a pretty rough season. What do you guys think of What do you guys think of him? I think he had a rough season though, mainly because of, uh, the fact that he had Mason Rudolph throwing to him and no yeah. big, big Ben. But I think, you know, if he's fully healed, uh, he's got a year under his belt under a crappy team where he just got slaughtered by defenses. So he got a lot of experience. So now that Big Ben's there, I mean, I'm going to talk to this team later, but I don't know. This is one of the reasons I think uh, Pittsburgh's going to be a hot team this year is because of this guy. If he says he's healthy, I'll take his word at it. He's going to be number two, so he looks good. He looks good. Well, he's another. It just so happened he's a, since we're going to be talking about the AFC North in a few minutes. Uh, he's another guy who's going to get a little more information. You know, a little more uh, chatter or charla about him. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, as we sit now, we're recording this on Wednesday evening and re- release it on Thursday. Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time is going to be the deadline for players to opt out for the 2020 season. Today, we had a couple more uh, skill players, Albert Wilson, Miami. And Travis Benjamin for wow. San Francisco. Neither one of them was gonna was looking to be a starter, but I think it. I think Travis Benjamin narrow. though. San Francisco has like no wide receivers though. Right, was gone. Uh, I forgot who it was who also opted out on their team. So it was the wide receiver. So they're hurting. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're hurting. I mean, basically, their wide receivers are Brandon Ayuk, uh, Jalen Hurd, and. And who knows who they get off the Debo practice squad? Back. Yeah, Debo when he gets back, obviously. I mean, to me, that just means that this just means more balls for uh, for San Francisco. It means more balls to George Kittle, Albert Wilson. I, I mean, does this kind of make it seem like like uh, Miami is going to be funneling the ball a lot more to Devontae Parker? I really feel like that. I feel, I feel like there's no I, other. I, I don't know what's going to happen to Miami because Jordan Howard's going so low in drafts. Like, is he not starting? Is Ballard taking the spot? No one's going to believe in Miami's offense at all. And it's just, it's like, I don't even want Parker. I would highly suggest staying away from anyone on Miami. <laughs> uh, you, well, we're going to tell, we're, we're, we'll talk about the AFC East soon. Uh, yeah. People love Parker. We know you get, I don't get it. Well, he, you know what? It's the recency bias. People just love how he finished the season last year. I mean, he was like, I think he was the uh, wide receiver two in the second half of the season. I mean, he was just ballistic. Right, he lit it up. Yeah, last yeah. season, end of the season. Yeah, towards those last final weeks of the season, he did put up some big fantasy points on the board. But again, you know, looking looking at it, you know, the big picture, it's like we've talked about it before. It's like usually you've probably had Devonte Parker on your team. You probably lost somehow, some way. <laughs> he probably, you know, crapped the bed for you at some point because, yeah, over the last few years, it's always, you know, there's always been, it seems like this is the year for Devontae Parker. This is the year for Devontae Parker. And then it just doesn't materialize. So, yeah, it's just like average. If, if Right, right. No, so it's it's uh, the thing. Well, we'll we'll talk about them soon enough. But yeah, it's just uh, Devontae Parker. He just doesn't have a lot of competition for for yeah, like uh, for passes. Alan Hearns, uh, Albert Wilson. <laughs> they both. I mean, it's Preston Williams. A lot of people are talking to Preston Williams, but to me, I feel like uh, a and he had ACL surgery in December. I mean, in uh, November last year. I think it was around Thanksgiving. So to me, it's like you need a calendar year just to be ready to be on the field. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, and that to me is three months from now. So I, I, I don't, I don't trust the guy, even if he gets back, get gets back early. So uh, that's why I'm thinking Devontae Parker is going to get a lot of balls and, and Fitzmagic is going to throw the ball all over the place. So yeah. Yeah. we'll see. But let's go al Norte, al Norte, uh, our AFC North preview, starting out with the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Super Bowl. Uh, well, they all they uh, they just missed a Super Bowl bid. I I had my uh, I had my hopes up that they'd make it to the Super Bowl last year. They they uh, they just missed out. But uh, obviously, I think we're all huge fans of Lamar Jackson. Uh, the you know uh, MVP Lamar Jackson. Uh, the guy just yes. lit it up last year. Does he have enough to uh, to repeat that? You know, we'll see. You know, we do have a lot of folks that are saying that uh, you know it's going to be an off year for him. I know you you've said it, Rick. 
oh, there's no way that he could have a repeat performance. And, you know, come on, that, that there's, there's going to be some regression. I completely disagree. I look at what Mahomes did uh, a couple of years back. Uh, and then last year, he followed up with a Super Bowl win. So it's, it's not out of the question that an athlete like Lamar Jackson can't have a complete repeat performance of what he did last year. I remember what he did on Monday Night Football. I think it was five TDs, you know, and he, he, he willed it into existence. You know, he knew that he was on that stage. He was on Monday Night Football. All eyes were on him. You know, the defense knew that he was going to try to light it up, and he did it anyway. He, you know, he just, it, it just watched, that was kind of like his coming out party. When I watched that game and I saw Lamar Jackson just say, you know what? You guys can do whatever you want, and I'm not going to care. I'm just going to overtake you guys and just – he just manhandled the other team and just it – just, it was it was amazing performance. So I don't think uh, we're going to see any regression from Lamar Jackson. I don't really see any regression from the, the Baltimore Ravens offense at all. They – was it last year? They were one of three teams – that they ran more than they passed. So they like to spread it out. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Mark Ingram. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, he's going to come in and he's going to fill in. All, the, all that running that the, that the Ravens did last year. I mean, yes. So let's just say that Lamar does step back a little bit, which I don't think he will. But the pundits and the, and the, the experts are saying that, <laughs> yes, he's going to run less. We're going to, you know, we're going to. I don't know, protect him or for safety reasons or whatever the, the rationale is these days. Uh, we're not going to run him as much to, you know, so that he won't maybe tear an ACL like, you know, RG3 or whatever the case may be. So, yes, we're, we know Mark Ingram's going to take a huge load. I'm a big fan of Mark Ingram. I think uh, J.K. Dobbins has definitely some flex value. Uh, because I think he's going he's to have a big, big uh, part uh, of picking up that extra bulk of, uh, of the rushing. Uh, Marquise Brown, we just talked about him a little bit, um, but yes, uh, I think I, I touched on it. Um, if, if this guy is bulking up, yes, he came back from Liz Frank fracture. Uh, he's he's healing up, uh, but if he's if he's ready to go, he bulked up up to 180 pounds. Uh, I'm I'm all in on the Ravens' offense. I I, I don't know if you guys can hear it in my I, voice. <laughs> I, 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 I just want to say I didn't want to admit go ahead. that the Ravens are going to do good this year, but looking at their schedule, looking yeah. at the players on the team, like, I, I don't want them to do good because I'm a Charger fan, but it's like, <laughs> sorry, I'm just sorry, just looking at him, like, I hate it. I hate yeah. that you're talking them up so much because it's just more competition against my team. And I know, I know. And we haven't ridiculous. even gotten to Mark Andrews yet. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I know, yeah. and that's why it's like, you're already describing a team that can go far in the playoffs and you're not even done yet. I'm not even that Marquise. So we have any, So we talked a little bit about Marquise Brown's speed. The guy's a speedster. You know, yes, there's come some concern whenever you have a guy that puts on weight. You know, a speedster that puts on weight. Okay, the questions are okay. You know, is he gonna lose a little bit of speed? You know, what's gonna happen? Um, you know, Lamar's gonna find him. You know, and if he doesn't find him, he's gonna find Mark Andrews. You know, he's currently going at what te three behind Kelsey and Kittle. Um, he had was 11 catches in the red zone last year, and out of those 11 catches in in the red zone for Mark Andrews, nine went for touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he's 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 he's. I mean, he's right there, number three. That's where he deserves to be, te three, uh, in the rankings. And then we can't even, we haven't even talked yet about uh, the Baltimore's defense. You know, they were one of the tops last year. I have no reason to think that they won't be tops again this year. Um, which again, that's going to definitely help out their running game. So. Uh, Overall, that's my quick summary 
of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm a huge fan. I'm going to try to get as much real estate as I can all <laughs> across the board. Uh, and hopefully I do. <laughs> well you know said, because I was going to say the same thing. Buy a stock in them, but hey, buy real estate in them because dang. They, they just look they, they just look loaded. I mean, yeah. they ran the ball 596 times, which was almost 100 more times than the 49ers who were in second place and 3,296 3, yards on the ground. I mean, they ran they ran for almost as many yards as they passed for last year. Yeah. 3,350 yeah. 3, as a team. Just an absolutely phenomenal offense. I mean, it, it you know, the one thing about it, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I mean, I looked at their first six games and it's just, I mean, uh, pro football focus has them. Uh, in their their first their first six games uh, for a quarterback, it's it, you know just cakewalk defenses, and then yeah. you go, look, look we, weeks 14, 15, and sixteen the, right. the playoff That's weeks. Yeah, you got uh, you got Indy, you got you got Jacksonville, and you got and you got the Giants. <laughs> It's just none of them are none of them are going to be scary defenses, and uh, and Lamar Lamar doesn't get hit very often, really hard. I don't see them running him 176 times. I think it's going to be 125 to 150 times, but I think some of a lot of those carries are going to go to uh, J.K. Dobbins, who's going to steal carries from yeah. Gus Edwards, who had 133. But well, Gus, Gus, Gus Edwards, who's currently RB 73, Gus Edwards. So I don't I don't even know how they how they that's on the chart, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I, I think. I think Dobbin. I think Ingram is still going to get. He had 202 carries last year. I think he's going to get around. He's going to get around that that number this year. Dobbins will probably get some carries. Uh, but it's. But to me, the guy I'm, again I'm most excited about is is Marquise Brown. He had 71 targets last year, playing on only 50% of snaps. Mm-hmm. So you get that because he wasn't 100% healthy. He's healthy. He's bulked up. I think those targets are going to go up way past 100, maybe to 120, and he's going to be catching, you know, 70 to 80 balls, and we're going to be like, look out for this guy. I think he's got wide receiver, top 15 wide receiver, maybe even top yeah. 10. And he's he, currently at 30, at WR30 yeah. right now. There's no way he's going to stay there. Come come draft time, people are going to Huge realize. Time. Wait a minute, wait a second. You know, if, especially if Lamar, you know, you know, looking at mock draft, Lamar's going, you know, what, you know, first round, second round, right there with. Pat Mahomes, you know, how is his, you know, top target going to end up <laughs> right. at WR30? There's like, there's yep. no, it doesn't make any sense. Good math, that's, heck, good math. That's why after right. we did that super flex, super flex draft, you know, grabbing, Ricky, you grabbed him, what, uh, number six? You grabbed Lamar? Something like, yeah, I grabbed number him at six. six. I feel like that was late. I, I think he should be going. I think he should be going top four. I, in a I, super flex for sure. In a super flex. I'm I'd worried probably, that tomorrow he might go the, around there. Yep. I, it's it's hard to expect him. I, I think him and Mahomes are gone in the first four picks. I, I really think. Yeah, so. I had. I think I had number four. I had, was number four, and I, I took Mahomes at at four. So, was, I thought it was late for that. I thought I was late for if it was super flex. I thought that was late to get. I thought he was yeah. at least uh, after after gonna, McCaffrey at one. Take Mahomes maybe at number two or three. I mean, it's just they have all the ingredients for to be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they've got a number five offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. So they're going to run the ball. They're going to pat, you know, and I think Lamar is going to do whatever they want. Yeah, I think he's going to develop as a passer. And 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 again, Marquise Brown and, and Mark Andrews are their top two targets. I don't see any other targets. You know, coming coming close to like 50 balls this year, unless it's unless it's like J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram out of the backfield, but. Um, you know, a player. Now let's go to the next team on this because uh, you know we could we could spew about uh, uh, the Ravens, but uh, you know I don't know all, who all day. <laughs> this is I another think... team with a bunch of weapons, 
they are just not utilized very well. It was, it, it, I mean, it was just a train wreck. It was Basuda last year. I mean, the the Cleveland. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Super Bowl expectations. Cover of Sports Illustrated. I mean, everybody was talking. They were That's their darlings. They were just everybody loved them going into the season. They were they got you know Freddie Kitchens was uh, you know was beloved uh, because he sounded like Bear Bryant coming out of Alabama, and it just was a train wreck from week one. You know Odell Beckham Jr. was not healthy all season, as he said. Baker Mayfield right. regressed as a as a player. Uh, I, the only bright spot on this team uh, was Nick Chubb yeah. and Chubb, uh, yeah. Jarvis Landry. Uh, those are the only two guys who were worth writing home about but to me this team really starts with baker mayfield and uh, you know much as i love nick chubb i think he's being underrated as being as being picked in the round in the second round as rb8 but to me this team goes how baker mayfield goes the Kevin yeah, Stefanski great. made his name with as a uh, last year as the offensive coordinator for Minnesota. They ran the ball. They were one of three teams to run the ball more than they passed. The Ravens being another one. So are they going to try and be kind of like a ra- that Ravens type of offense? I don't think Baker Mayfield is anywhere near the runner of. Uh, I don't think I know Baker Mayfield is anywhere <laughs> near the runner of Lamar Jackson, but he's got to make some plays with his legs, and he just seemed to be running right from the start and you know and and in looking at some of the plays it seemed like he was running from the start without having without starting to and then i i I started to uh you know listening to some someone who was doing uh research on uh baker mayfield kind of looking back to the oklahoma days it was like he he almost started rolling out to the right uh when he was in oklahoma to make that play out out in uh out in space so I think he's gotta he's gotta take a step up. You cannot you cannot be there be an NFL quarterback, be a, a, a successful NFL quarterback when you're completing only fifty nine point four percent of your passes and only and twenty two to twenty one TD to interception rate. He has got to take a step up. He's he finished with thirty eight hundred and twenty seven yards. He just can't he he can't he can't be that guy. He's got to be the guy that showed glimpses in that rookie year, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's got to he's got to cut those cut those interceptions in half and get those uh, touchdowns up into the high twenties at the very least, pushing thirty. Um, one of the things that I that I looked at uh, from Pro, uh, Pro Football Reference, uh, they they figured out the play action plays, and Kirk Cousins last year in Minnesota was one of the top five passers out of play action plays. He got a 1,235 yards on 130 attempts. Play uh, Baker Mayfield also did a lot. That was one of the places where he did excel. He had 1,128 yards out of the play action play action plays. So you know if Kevin Stefanski wants to build on that, great. I, I but you know when it comes to Baker Mayfield, if he's better, I think Nick Chubb is going to be better. Fourteen hundred ninety-four yards. I looked and saw that he was. Uh, you know, people were talking about his his production going down in the second half of the season. His uh, PPR production, his receiving production, definitely went down. You know, he was he had up around it was uh, what was the number that I saw? He had thirty-two. He was targeted thirty-two times in the first half, but just seventeen in the second half, and that was because. He he got joined in the backfield by Kareem Hunt. 
who got 37 receptions in the second half of the season. So that that to me, he's Kareem Hunt is a guy to draft because of the fact that he may be their number three receiver. Uh, Man. You know, when because when it comes so. Getting back to Nick Chubb before we before I close up shop on him, he still had 700 yards rushing in the second half of the season, which is a good chunk of the 1494 that he finished with, 298 mm-hmm. carries. So I think his rushing will still be there in the 1200 to 1400 range. I, you know, he won't be much of a threat out of the backfield as a receiver, but I think he's still a solid top 10 running back. You know, and after after uh, Baker Mayfield, it's OBJ. OBJ is going <laughs> to, which OBJ are we getting? Last year, you know, the talk is he was hurt all season and still got 74 catches for 1,035 yards, which seems like an amazing accomplishment. What does, do we get the OBJ who was getting 100 catches and 1,300 yards early, you know, earlier in his career? He's still mm-hmm. young. He's still like 27. Yeah. And lots of proof still, for is sure. Is he going to do that? And, and uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, Really, it comes down to is he healthy? Is he healthy at the beginning of the season? We're going to know where he is when we draft on Labor Day weekend. Um, So, uh, yeah, I I think it's an offense that has a lot to like. They invested in their offensive line this year. I think it's going to be, you know, Pro Football Focus had them, you know, closed out the season number 23, so which was a Basuda offensive line, but they added, they added Jack Conklin in free agency, Jedrick Wills with the number 10 pick in the draft, and they jumped them up to number six in the rankings, which I thought was like a tremendous, tremendous jump. So uh, if that offensive line keeps Baker Mayfield upright, I think they'll uh, they'll make things easy with Nick Chubb, but it's, uh, you know, that offensive line has to take that step up. You're exactly right. That That is the key, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I watched my share of Cleveland Brown games last year, and it, I, you know, and I've I've talked about it a little bit before. Baker Mayfield just doesn't does he? All, you know, last year he just didn't look comfortable. He just did not look. He was out of sorts. He just, you know, like you you touched on it a little bit. He would start. He he he's he would not stay in the pocket. The guy just didn't. He just didn't look comfortable in the pocket. He would run. He would. He's like he's anxious. He just he just wants to run. He just wants to get out of there. And even if the pocket wasn't necessarily collapsing on him, it's like he hears footsteps and immediately he takes off. And you got to let the offense develop. You have to let a play develop. And I don't know if that was Freddie Kitchens, the offensive scheme or whatever it was. uh, But if it wasn't Freddie Kitchens, you know, that's the reason, you know, Freddie Kitchens is not there anymore because it was his fault. Then we'll have to wait and see if if Stefanski can, can change things up. But it may just be that Baker Mayfield is is just not cut out to be a starting QB. You know, they, there's been I think there was some talk I can't remember who it was that was saying that, you know, Baker Mayfield is uh, you know, he's just uh, you know, he's a bench QB. You know, he's a he's a, he's a he's a second stringer, you know, at, at best, you know, something like that. I can't remember who said there was a quote and somebody came out and said, you know, that Baker Mayfield's not a starter in the NFL. So, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully, you know, he shows some brilliance like you said from his college days at Oklahoma. And he can do some big things because he's got some weapons. He had weapons last year. It didn't pan out. He has weapons again. And if it doesn't work out this year, then all fingers are going to be pointing squarely at Baker Mayfield. Ricky, we didn't, we didn't, we haven't talked about tight ends. Austin Hooper and David Njoku. Would uh, are you in tight end leagues? Are you buying any either of these guys? Only if if. Like, for example, yesterday I gave up on tight ends. If you skip on the top five tight ends, 
maybe you should just get depth anywhere else and pick up these guys like as your 12th because it saves you time in your draft because you can pick up Hooper in like the final four rounds it feels like. Najoku's garbage. I, would, I wouldn't want him. But Hooper at least, I mean, they say he's been practicing with uh, – with Baker Mayfield, I don't yeah. know if that means anything. They always say that, mm-hmm. but if you Who buy stock into that, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's just one of those. It's like I want to, I want to root for Hooper because he was a nice, nice little story last year. But yeah, man, he he went to the wrong team. <laughs> yep. I I just I, I don't see Hooper being uh, I I think I think what's going to happen is kind of a little bit of what happened in Minnesota last year where Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith basically you know they split about a hundred targets between them so they both ended up with about you know forty thirty five to forty receptions so I, I don't like this I think uh, Austin Hooper definitely got paid. But I just don't see him uh, being that top that top five. He might not even be a top ten tight end this year. Uh, just just because of OBJ is going to need to get fed. That's it. That, that, that's the issue. That's the yeah. issue. Is the need. Everyone's yeah, got to yeah. get fed. Yeah. No. Yeah. no notice. Notice. How and Kareem Hunt. The word need. Yeah. Kareem yeah. Hunt too. Kareem Hunt the, was on. You know, you double his. You double his receptions. That's seventy four receptions for a running back. That's. That, I mean, a tight end would kill for that, but. Yeah. And you know what? It just they, their quarterback can't do it. He can't beat them all just because he hasn't shown that he's like right. Hector said that he's uh, comfortable in the pocket to give those guys time to develop their routes. So until Baker Mayfield becomes a better quarterback, he's not going to be able to feed everybody. No, I just don't see it. I I, I don't know. I mean, I I want to like this team, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, Ricky, you like our next team. Yeah, because they're just like Cleveland, except way better. They were <laughs> they were a huge disappointment, just like Cleveland last year. Yes. Biggest reason was because Ben Roethlisberger went down with the elbow injury. I th- I'm hoping. I'm just gonna say because they're injuries. I just don't want to bet on it this year. We'll say he's healthy. If he's healthy, this dude was number three quarterback when he left. So just knowing that, it's like, why is he going at QB 18? That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, he doesn't have Antonio Brown, but I hate Antonio Brown. You don't need him. You got Juju. If Juju can be back in form, you also got Deontay. And Deontay's shown that he can can do something good with Mason Rudolph. So why not, you know, see what Big Ben can do? And I love the fact that they have Washington as well. But uh, I like their new guy, Claypool. He's supposed Ooh. to be a beast. So I think you give Big Ben these weapons, just these wide receivers, he's going to do damage with it. I feel like Big Ben is this generation's Brett Favre. He's just the gunslinger, <laughs> the tough guy. And yep. you know what I mean? Like he's always been there, takes a takes a hit here and there. Um, and I just don't think the team's going to get credit this year. I Every single position... I think is better than every position on Cleveland's. I think Ben Roethlisberger will be the best QB every position. You just go down the list. And then you look at James Conner. The reason he's down so much is because he's he's hasn't stayed healthy. And I think that's why Pittsburgh's been down on him too because that's why he's on his final year. Do I think he'll get signed? I doubt it. I think Pittsburgh is going to be cheap. Why not? And and also if you want to talk about Pittsburgh even more about how much better they are than every other team they have the second winningest coach 
on their team behind Belichick. So with Tomlin oh, right. and Roethlisberger and and Connor, Connor's still a little young, but you got veterans there. You got guys who've been to a Super Bowl and to help Juju, to help Claypool, to help Deontay all grow into this. I feel like this team is highly underrated. You want a piece of this team easily. And this team's going against some of the strongest offenses. Yes, Cleveland, if they can do good, is going to be awesome. But the Ravens are going to be throwing up points. So I remember when Ben Roethlisberger was throwing 500 yards, five touchdowns, and I was like, where did this guy come from? Mm-hmm. So if you want to just wait on QBs and not pick up anyone until your final round, you could pick up this guy, and he's easily going to be on the table Easily get you a bunch of points. Connor last year sucked. I think the emergence of Samuel kind of takes the the air out of Connor, and I think everyone needs to realize that this is Connor's contract year. He's gonna tear it up, but they're definitely not gonna sign him. Uh, one of the best pickups I think Pittsburgh did was Eric Ebron, because it wasn't long ago that he had another great quarterback in Andrew Luck. And he caught something like 13 touchdowns just with him. And Ben Roethlisberger, he loves his... He just Ben Roethlisberger is exactly what Baker Mayfield isn't. He knows how to distribute the ball. He's just like Tom Brady. He can make everybody happy. So I, I, I'm super excited for this year. He doesn't have to have a 5,000-yard year, but just having a 4,000 yards with 30 touchdowns, that's going to be a top eight quarterback if not even better than that and then when you look at juju juju's gonna be back to top 10 form juju's still being drafted pretty high but it's just like everyone all this team is on discount it's beautiful tell me you guys see it too you're you're absolutely right i I can't get like you said when 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 big ben went out last year he was qb3 and for him to a, a year later yes he's you know he's healed up he's had a you know he's had a he's had the ability to rest the rest of his body so he's kind of been hanging out, just healing up his, his arm injury. And now he's QB 18. Makes no sense I at have all. no idea why. No it's, sense it's, at all. It, people have forgotten. It's just like, it's the same reason why Matthew Stafford is down in the teens. It just, right. it, 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 Who's drafted know, it, higher, though? Stafford? Stafford. I think yeah. Stafford's like 13. Um, well, let me, I'm, I've got the ADP. The fourth. Yeah, I got ADPs right here, too. Let's see. QB. I, I get it. The injury's a lot. 13. Yeah. This dude's got so many weapons. And... I just think you can pick these guys out easily and just ride them the whole way. And Chase Claypool, you're obviously going to put him on your bench, but the dude's a beast, and Big Ben's going to make it happen. It You can't bet on injuries, so if dude's healthy, get a piece of it, man. Yeah, yeah I don't is- see – I don't see how uh, – see, who, who's – Carson Wentz is QB11 – and, and I would take Big Ben all day at QB 18. Big Ben's over, got the number, number nine O-line, according to the fantasy. So, they always have a great line, and they have a great defense. So those are the two foundations, of the, and you get a great offense. Oh, Keeping an offense on the field. Yeah, yeah, you got a great defense. That gives your offense more opportunity. And what better, you know, if, you, if you're going to give an offense more opportunity, better to have Big Ben back there and throwing up some points for you. So – definitely way yeah like you said he was super discount if you can score him at qb18 you're you're in good shape and Ricky, even I eric ebron i feel like you can get discount on tight end he's still gonna he's not gonna be one of the elite but he's definitely gonna be mid-tier but they have him tight end 18 it's like ooh, 
you can yep. get him on discount too. Yeah, man. You know, to me, the interesting thing, we talked about their wide receiver core of Juju, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington. Juju's in his fourth year, and he's the youngest one of the three of them. <laughs> it's, uh, to me, it's just it's amazing. They're all 20. They all turned 24 this year. Johnson wow. and Washington have already turned 24. Juju doesn't turn 24 until November, and he's in his fourth year. I think people are forgetting how great he was two years ago. And, you know, 111, 111 receptions on 166 targets. And that's very possible. He's going back into the slot where mm-hmm. he just ate. He just ate. Deontay Johnson's going to go outside. You know, maybe that was part of the reason why Juju got, got a little hurt. He was out, out of out of sorts a little bit going on the outside. And plus, he, he had a, a toe injury. And a knee injury that just that that th- those those things screw with uh, screw with re- receivers, uh, and he's healthy now. I think the bounce back uh, is, is going to be huge. James Conner missed six games last year with injuries. The one thing about it, they were not lower leg injuries. They were not mm-hmm. knee. He had a thigh, which you know you get hit hard. You can't you know bad bruise. You can't do anything about that. And a shoulder. So I think you know and and there there's been Instagram photos of him looking like an absolute monster this offseason. Everyone's so, in the best shape of their lives. Best shape of their lives. Oh I, <laughs> I can't I can't tell you how many how many times. But I, I, you know, Ricky, you're you're fired up about this offense. I'm really fired up about this offense too. These guys, they're definitely I, gonna be I, the I, comeback story this year. Yep, I, I think I think they are gonna be fighting it out with with Baltimore, and I mean they might these might be the two best teams in the AFC. I it, it's yeah I I'm looking at it. I mean I really like Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a really strong and balanced team. And I think if everything shakes right for the Chargers, they could be really good. Um, I well, and let's let's not forget the team in Kansas City. So put put oh, that yeah, in there. Oh yeah, there's, there's those guys. There's there. I, I can see guys. Pittsburgh being top five. Yeah. In the AFC, not top three. Yeah. Well, well, last team in our in our AFC North is Cincinnati who were the, not only the last place team in this division but they were the number they were the number one pick in the draft so and the reason and that's why they now have Joe Burrow tanking tanking ta- ta- <laughs> you know tanking for Joe you know I, I wrote about this last month when I when we were talking about our wasn't year. it tanking for Tua at the beginning of the year it was tanking for Tua and then a you know <laughs> uh blow for Joe I guess <laughs> <laughs> No, don't say that. That's horrible. Uh, <laughs> we know, we know, we know what you meant. <laughs> you understand me, me entiendes, me entiendes I anymore. Entiendo. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think his ADP is QB sixteen, I, and I, and I talked about it when we were talking about had our lost. Yeah, had our Yes, ahead of Roethlisberger, ahead of Daniel Jones, uh, ahead of Jared Goff, uh, Tannehill. All these guys who've done it, it's I, I I I know that the intangibles are there for him. He was fantastic last year, and I think that makes people super excited. I still remind people about I, I want people to go back to the article that I have on familyffb.com where we were talking about the year two QBs and uh, pointing out the horrible starts that John Elway and Peyton Manning had to their careers. And these yep. are guys that are on the Mount Rushmore of NFL quarterbacks. When you talk, these are the best of the best and they struggled as rookies. How is Joe Burrow? Is Joe Burrow going to be better than him? Yes, he can run. But, uh, I think, I think he's going to have some blow up games. He may, he may help some people on the DFS side, 
but he's got a rough start to his season. Uh, yeah, he their, does. Their schedule starts out. And, and to me, yeah, that, that plus their number 31 ranked offensive line. Yes, they got Jonah Williams coming back, but, you know, to expect he's basically a rookie. Great week one for me. Uh, you are going to you're, you're going to you have plenty of that chocolate beer. So that, that's <laughs> But I, I I like Joe Burrow a lot for Dynasty. I think he is gonna is gonna be primed to take a year or two step a year from now as long as he stays healthy, and they beef up their offensive line. I think they really need to work on that. And to me, the the all of the Joe Mixon love that that's happening right now. Sorry, I got a little epo. <laughs> he was uh he was basura for a good part of the first half Both of the season. Of the year, yeah. And he came out came out great. He finished with great numbers because he had a huge, like 160 yards in week 17. When who did it help? The people who weren't smart enough to have a week 16 championship game. Uh, yeah, big Derrick Henry people. Yeah, I you know there are people who like Joe Mixon more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That they like him more than Josh Jacobs. Like him more than Kenyon Drake. And I'm just not there. I would. I'm be not friends there. with them. Well, actually, you know what? I would because then they'll draft him ahead of me. I'd you like, to, I, you know what, I, he is a guy at his ADP RB7 late in the first round. I'm just not, and, and I have a league where, I have two leagues where I have the number 10 pick. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to let Joe Mixon go by on both of them. I uh, yes. hope he gets picked before. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't I don't see him. Yeah, he's before Nick Chubb. He's before Josh Jacobs. He's before Aaron Jones. Supreme talent. Supreme talent, just that offensive line. And the exactly. I think exactly. he's going to see a lot of stack boxes this year, and the receiving the receiving is just not going to help him. Ricky, I'm going to let you talk about your guy, A.J. Green. Well, you say that because I held on to him all, all year. You held on to him year. all year. You were believing. Ah, so mad. I didn't pick wide receivers up because of him, but I did find the diamonds in the rough with uh, – Godwin and Scary Terry because I got AJ Green, but my goodness, I, I I'm not sure if he was all for tanking for Tua and blowing for Joe because he just every week I got excited and every week I got disappointed until I would beat one of you guys in the league. But it's <laughs> it's just like he's playing this year, right? That's the word on the street. He's he's on a franchise there. tag. He's on a franchise tag. He's so not he injured. To... He's not wearing a boot. He doesn't have no. a Band-Aid on him. He's he, – exactly. Not even right, as we can see. <laughs> Maybe I'll draft him in the 10th round because I like Boyd better. Boyd's younger. A.J. Green hasn't seen these new defenses. Every year they get faster and stronger. He took last year off. He burned me. So, yeah, I got a bad taste in my mouth. But I do still love him. So, I just hope I can get him on disc. I don't want to pay high for him. Because right. if I get disappointed like last year, what a waste. What a w- How many trades did I not do because I was like, oh, I can't get rid of AJ Green. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. I remember. I remember. I remember. You remember. Like he's, I held on to him for eight weeks. Why would I trade you him if he's coming back in two weeks? That was my, my mentality. Ah. Oh. And, and then he never didn't. comes back. And yeah. I yeah. skipped the trade and, uh and you touched on Tyler Boyd, who I think is is, is a sneaky good player, a sneaky yeah, good value this it. year. Wide receiver thirty one, and he was not he was fantastic. thousand fifty six yards last year on ninety receptions. He is their slot guy, which Joe Burrow threw to his slot guy a lot. Justin Jefferson a ton last year. So Tyler Boyd to me, he's going three. You know, he's wide receiver thirty one, where AJ Green is wide receiver twenty eight. 
to me, I think that's screaming value. And uh, oh, yeah. T Higgins, Hector, you love T Higgins. Oh yeah, See, I, I'm a big fan of T Higgins coming out of college. I, you know, just watching him all year long was just uh, I, I know that guy's gonna take those talents to the NFL. And uh, but again, we'll we'll see what uh, Mr. Joe Burrow can do with that offense. Uh, I'm a, I'm skeptical. I think you mentioned you're a little skeptical as well, George, with that O-line too. But yeah. T. Higgins out of Clemson, I mean, he just did some great things all year long. I've been watching him. Uh, you know, I, I was a fan of him all season. I was a fan of Clemson. I mean, you know, we, you know, you know, it was Clemson and you know LSU. Those are the kind of the teams that you're you're watching. You know, the championship and whatever. But uh, yeah, I was a big fan of T. Higgins. So um, yeah, can't wait to see what he does next year. I, I hope. Uh, you know, even though they, uh, you know, this uh, Cincinnati offense isn't poised to to do great things, you know, hopefully T. Higgins can come out of there and, and put up some points. But I, so I don't, I, I don't see much. I don't see much. I've do got you have a tight end that, to speak of because I have not yet really. to hear anyone. No, they don't really have a tight end uh, that's going to do it. Tyler Eifert is somewhere else. Does that uh, mean better news for Green Higgins and Boyd? Yes. Yeah. I've got a, I, you know, I had a thought that just occurred to me on this. Uh, AJ Green's on a, on a franchise tag contract. I'm wondering if he could get traded at the deadline, and their their uh, buy is week nine, so the the second half of the season. I'm wondering if he gets traded to a contender to upgrade a draft pick for next year because they need a ton of help on their defense as well. And uh, I I just I wonder if maybe somebody that uh, you know that that is smelling an Tampa opportunity. Bay. <laughs> not not Tampa Bay, but I could see Green Bay. Can you imagine can AJ Tampa Green? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Could they trade him for O line? I mean, what about O line help? I mean, if, if yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I would think. If they, if they need anything, help it's, that team outside of wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, because I mean, they, I don't want them. Yeah, leaving Joe Burrow out to dry. If, if their O line is is you know still you know thirty one O line, if they're coming into the season at thirty one O line, that, that things are definitely not going to bode well for Joe Burrow and and company. That's why I think they they're going to need help in the draft next year. They're going to need. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need help on defense on the line. I think they're good on as far as skill players are concerned, uh, as long as they keep Joe Burrow alive and don't uh, <laughs> yes. don't you know the line doesn't doesn't get him injured. So I I think there's stuff to building blocks for next year. But that's why I'm you know I just had that thought about AJ Green possibly getting traded during the season if he proves that he if he proves that he's back to being that guy, which he's never going to do what you want him to do. No, he's not going to be back to the, <laughs> those days, but he's going to be close. He's going to be no, close. I just he, mean, like, you want him to get close. traded, it's like, no, he's going to ruin your life. Uh, you know. <laughs> you, Ricky still has that bad, that bad taste in his mouth. Man. You, once you get Even Brady, though I won the championship with him, yes. he was the only player ever that I've had in all of my leagues. Awesome. And he burned so. he hurt you. He hurt yeah. you, Ricky. I'm so sorry. Uh, lo siento. Lo siento mucho, primo. Lo siento. Oh, man. Well, hey. Everybody, bueno, eso es todo, eso es todo for our show. Uh, thanks again to Anchor.fm for being our hosting network and for making our, sure our independent podcast gets out into the familia community. And please subscribe. Leave us a review. Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, again, uh, keep an eye on us on our social media channels. Follow us, Twitter and Instagram, at FamiliaFFB, as well as our Familia FFB Facebook page. Everybody, gracias otra vez. Remember, todos somos familia and... Póngate la máscara. La máscara. Salud. Adiós, amigos.